Sisters, Tanse Sego Anibuju, Kwe Nindaluizi Pam Palmeter, and I am the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our cultures, traditions, laws, and governing practices. It's also about asserting, living, and defending our sovereignty all over Turtle Island. Our current situation makes our resistance and resurgence a bit more difficult. My podcasts have also been a little off schedule in 2020, first because our energies were firmly focused on supporting the Wet'suwet'en Nation against Coastal Gaslink Pipeline and engaging in solidarity actions in a wide variety of forms. Since the COVID-19 pandemic hit Turtle Island, our focus had to be on protecting our families, our clans, houses, villages, communities, and nations. As you know, there's a lot of activity happening around Turtle Island, and I've had to make supporting our nations the priority. Sadly, governments in Canada and the U.S. will not often do what is needed to do, even during a pandemic, without incredible pressure from Native peoples and allies. But today, I wanted to do a podcast that gets our minds off of COVID-19 for a little while, but still focus on a useful topic that we can put into action right away. Today, I want to talk about what to do about trolls. No, I'm not talking about the mythical cave-dwelling being, nor am I talking about the fuzzy, multicolored toy that Kukums often use to boost their luck at bingo. I'm talking about social media trolls. People who purposefully post controversial, hateful, or racist things online just to upset people. The reason why I'm doing this podcast today is because I have been seeing so many people repost this video of a white woman spewing hatred and misinformation about Native peoples in the U.S. online. And I don't get it. She's not a person in power, she's not a politician, she has no independent influence, yet she is rapidly gaining notoriety, primarily from people who are upset by her video and are sharing it widely. That is, in essence, the troll's trap. The troll's primary goal is often to trick people into arguing with them. The original definition of a troll was simply that individuals were trying to annoy people and get a rise out of people by saying controversial things. The term troll has expanded over the years to include people who try to be controversial and argumentative, not just for the sake of making you angry, but with the intent of getting your attention and focus away from the original post your blog, video, podcast, or comment that may have been supporting Native rights or calling for an end to violence against women or calling out the extractive industry's dangerous practices. By posting a deliberately inflammatory comment, the tendency is for everyone to focus on responding to the troll and then the beneficial purpose of your original post is lost. A secondary purpose to trolling is to create a hostile atmosphere such that other people will not want to read the original post or be part of the group trying to raise awareness about important issues. There is nothing more of a turnoff than a post which has a hundred comments of people arguing back and forth, cursing and swearing and name calling in response to the troll. So many people will often skip those groups even if the group or the individual had an originally good post and originally good intentions. One of the most insidious ways in which trolls work is to use trolling as a means to gain followers. 
While there is no hard and fast rule, trolls are sometimes identifiable by their low number of followers and exceptionally hateful posts. For many trolls, their only way to gain followers is to engage in online hatred, which others will retweet, repost, or tag, calling out the troll's hatred, be it racism or sexism, for example. So, the troll who originally only had an audience of eight people because they only had eight followers are now boosted when you retweet their hatred to your 5,000 followers. And I can totally understand the impulse to retweet a racist comment and show people how awful a troll is so that we can call out such hatred and condemn it in our society. Our reaction to the troll does not deter them, however. It is exactly what they wanted. By retweeting or reposting them, you have given trolls free advertising. Now, some of your own followers may actually start to follow the troll in an effort to keep an eye on them and or to follow your pattern of reposting their hateful posts. Another ramification of reposting troll content is that it helps them connect with other trolls so that they can carry on their hateful posts together with even more followers. Your followers, in fact. If you think about it from a hate group recruiting standpoint, by amplifying the voice of the troll, they may now attract younger people who are drawn to the public attention that the troll is getting. Some younger people are drawn into hate groups like white supremacist groups precisely through high profile social media disputes. The last thing any of us want to do is act as unknowing amplifiers for hate groups. Here's the other thing about reposting hateful comments from trolls. While it does feel like you have fought back and engaged in the good fight of outing a racist or a sexist or a hate monger, there's also a lot of collateral damage. Showing hateful videos, sharing hateful podcasts, blogs, pictures and posts hurts your social media followers, many of whom are people who you consider precious, like friends, family, colleagues, even your own children. They don't need to see pictures depicting acts of violence against women. We see that in society too much. They don't need to see pictures depicting racist stereotypes about native peoples. That is already around us. Trolling is now used for so many purposes, well beyond its original definition of just being a troublemaker, to being used to distract us from issues, to engineering social views, and even influencing political elections. The post you retweet may have consequences far greater than trying to out a troll. The test I often use for myself is, is this a post that I would create and send to my followers? If not, then it's likely not something that I should repost. In addition to family, friends, and colleagues, some of you who are super engaged online may also have lots of social justice allies and followers, activist followers, educators, and media people who follow you. Would you rather they be informed and inspired by your posts? Or turned away from your posts because of all the distracting, hateful comments from trolls? I know that sometimes this is not an easy distinction to make between trolls and other people who need to be called out for their vitriol. Sometimes 
The people doing the hateful postings are politicians or business leaders or people in positions of power that should most definitely be taken to task for something that they have said or done. However, even in those cases, there are nuanced ways to hold someone accountable without constantly reposting their hurtful comments or images. These people can be called to task without also giving them the satisfaction that their picture, post, or video went viral. In fact, calling out these sorts of people is often effective in terms of them being held to account, but also in terms of educating others. Sometimes the best lessons are the ones we learn from mistakes. Social media accountability can in fact be an educational tool in and of itself. However, it's when we try to right the wrongs of every troll John Doe 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 that we get tricked into serving their hateful purposes. And here's an example. One of my family members feels like it is just wrong to let these trolls say whatever they want. He feels compelled to engage them, correct their misinformation, and warn other people about this person. He has a strong internal sense of justice, and ignoring the troll just feels so wrong to him. And I totally understand that. I get it. I've been there myself. How dare anyone say anything even remotely nasty about my native brothers and sisters all over Turtle Island? That used to just get me until I read about the concept of paid trolls. There are actually people who are paid by hate groups, corporations, and political foundations to troll individuals and groups. Can you believe it? That's literally a job. They literally get paid to troll. We are not talking about a few teenagers making a few bucks out of their basement. We are talking about a multi-million dollar industry with thousands of paid trolls. These paid trolls target people who oppose their preferred electoral candidate, who oppose the fossil fuel industry, or they target people who are trying to advance human rights, they try to target people who are defending native land rights, and they target people who oppose corporate corruption. In general, the targets seem to be people who support social justice and earth justice in general. So millions of dollars are used to pay people to work full-time to troll other people. They have endless time and resources to literally just troll you. You cannot win that kind of battle. But what engaging with them does is take away your time energy, and resources that you could have used to amplify the voices of real social justice activists. So, if I have a choice between fighting a paid troll, someone who is literally paid to distract me, or use my time to advocate for justice and amplify the voices of other social justice warriors, I'm going to pick the latter. Now imagine, Imagine if all of us made that collective decision to ignore trolls and amplify our own social justice warriors. Which videos, posts, and podcasts do you think would soon become viral? And just imagine what viral social justice and earth justice would mean for educating our youth and indeed the whole world. I honestly believe that we can harness the power of social media for our collective well-being.
Social media is an incredible tool. It has empowered entire revolutions in other countries. And if ever there was a time when we needed a revolution for our planet, it's right now. And I'm offering this insight because I have made many of these mistakes on social media before. And I've also learned that there is an important difference between trolls, paid trolls, and people who simply strongly disagree with your point of view. Not everyone who disagrees with you or offers criticism is a troll. And I think it's important to recognize the value in constructive critique of issues versus responses that clearly promote hatred for the sake of hatred. By way of example, I made a post about the need to transition from the fossil fuel economy and someone asked if I was trying to hurt oil workers and their families. While they could have asked the question in a less aggressive and less accusatory manner, that's the kind of comment I can still engage with and talk with them about and talk about, no, of course not. What we're talking about in a green transition includes income supports and retraining for oil workers to help ease the transition. But when I make a post about transitioning from the fossil fuel industry and the person comments on my face, my hair, or my body, then I know this is a troll. I also know it's a troll if they make threats against me instead of commenting on the issue at hand. Social media for me has always been a learning process about how to best use it as a tool for social justice. And along the way, I've made lots of mistakes and learned from them. If it were not for my kids, Mitch and Jim, who are in fact grown men, so don't tell them that I still call them kids, I wouldn't even be on social media. They are the ones who taught me everything I know and still correct me on mistakes I make. I mean, honestly, just when I think I know the basics of what I need to know about social media, my kids tell me, mom, that's a gif, not a meme. Or I was supposed to credit the artist when I reposted a graphic. There are so many unwritten rules and conventions around social media that I can hardly keep up. My best advice to all of you who want to use social media strategically is ask your kids. And if you're a kid, help out your poor parents. So for my part, I want to share with you some of the tips and tricks that my kids have taught me and that I have learned from trial and error and from my research into social media. So I'm going to share with you a list of 10 ways to spot a troll, paid or otherwise. Number one, you don't know who they are and they only recently started trolling you. Number two, they don't share any mutual friends or connections with you on social media. Number three, they don't post a profile picture or any information about themselves. Number four, they only recently joined the social media forum that they are currently using to troll you. Number five, they have zero or only a few followers. Number six, they make outrageous comments or claims that seem completely unrelated to your post or a gross overreaction to what you're posted. For example, they will say that you are a conspiracy theorist, a terrorist, or a traitor for simply making a post about the importance of bees for pollinating our crops. Number seven, sometimes they will make the exact same post on all of your social media fora. Number eight, 
you may notice that you have seven or eight trolls all posting hateful comments on your post all at the same time making nearly identical comments. This is a sign that it could be a paid troll with multiple accounts. The comments they make are sexist, racist, hateful, or threatening. Number 10, their name is John1234 or merely a bunch of symbols. Now, obviously, there are far more sophisticated ways to identify trolls, and the above indicators may not fit every situation. We have to keep in mind that with paid trolls, some of them are in fact very sophisticated and have been trained on how to ease their way into your social media groups and chats. They may roll out the hateful comments over time only after they have gained your trust and even accumulated some of your followers. So, once you have identified a troll, then what? Well, there are many experts out there advocating a wide variety of tactics. In fact, there are now even groups and programs developed to fight online trolls, which nowadays is really about fighting online political propaganda and misinformation during elections. However, I am focused here on everyday social media, the kind that you and I use. So my best advice includes four basic rules that I follow to reduce the impact of trolls on my social media, no matter what kind of troll they are. The four rules are ignore them, block them, report them, and forget them. Number one, ignore them. Simply don't engage with trolls. Do not give them the attention that they want. Number two, block them. If they are blocked, they can't see your post or access your list of followers. Number three, report them. If any of the posts are in fact threatening or violent, make copies and report them through the reporting function on your social media before you block them. And number four, forget them. While we all care to some extent what people think about us, the comments that trolls make about us are not what you think. These are not coming from your best friends. They're not coming from your colleagues. Remember, oftentimes these are paid trolls or people just online just to cause a problem. They don't really know you. Forget their words and focus on your important social justice mission. These are the four rules that I've used to try to minimize the access or impact of trolls on my media. And when in doubt, I just block them. I don't want to take the risk that my followers will have to be exposed to their racist vitriol. I also recognize that there are a wide variety of followers who don't fall neatly into the troll category. They could be an ex-friend or an ex-colleague or someone who really hates your political views. While these may not be the typical anonymous or paid trolls, these people can still have a negative impact on your platforms. In those cases, the same general rules apply. If someone only has hateful things to say about you, there is simply no need to keep them on your social media. Block them. Generally, the more we engage with angry, hateful commenters, the worse it gets. The core difference here with people that you know is personal safety and it may be necessary to contact your lawyer or the police if the commenter is someone you know and is making threats against you. It's important to understand that in all cases, the personal safety of you and your family must always come first. And remember, there's no legal, political, or social right that anyone has to be part of your social media. It's yours. Ultimately, 
you decide who to accept as friends and followers and how you want to use your social media. You might want to use it only for personal purposes, only with family and friends. You might want to use it for educational purposes or political purposes. The decision is completely up to you. No one has a right to have access to your social media to say whatever they want. They may make an argument about free speech, but that doesn't apply to your personal social media. You are the one in control of your YouTube, your podcast, your blog, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You are ultimately the one to decide what is best for you and your followers. I have made it very clear on my YouTube channel, for example, that I will delete any comments that are hateful, that make false allegations against people, that attack other commenters, or make threats. Some people don't like that and feel like they have a right to say whatever they want, but not on my social media. I'm trying to create educational spaces to encourage critical thinking and information to empower our warriors. That means there is no room for racism, sexism, or threats of violence. I have elders and youth following my content, and I don't want them to have to deal with any of these trolls. That's just the way I choose to do it. And it's up to all of you to choose what is best for you and your own mission on social media. But in the end, I think we are far more powerful if we lift up the voices of our warriors instead of our haters. By doing so, I think we have the power to educate the world and help make the radical changes that are needed to protect our peoples and the planet. Thank you all for tuning into my show. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. If you want me to write it up as a blog so that you have a written reference, let me know. If you like this episode, please consider supporting my podcast by subscribing, liking, and sharing each episode. And let me know what other podcast topics you'd like me to cover. I'm currently hosted on SoundCloud, but also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can follow me on my own social media on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest as Pam underscore Palmeter. You can also subscribe to my videos on YouTube where I tackle the difficult political and legal issues facing Native peoples all over Turtle Island. And for more access to information, you can check out my website, www.pampalmeter.com, where you can access all of my podcasts, blogs, videos, publications, and more. Till next time, keep living a warrior life. Walaliog. Well,